0: Um, next week there's no shear. it's, Mo- it's, Mo- it's Tisha Um and the following week, I, I must, I won't, you know that we're taking a vacation. That week, basis, everything should work out, assuming that life stays. Mashiach comes and we'll figure. You, I, you won't be hearing a shear from me anymore, so that's uh You don't need me for shear. right? Um, but if Mashiach doesn't come, you know, and everything works out, so we'll be away that, that Thursday night. I'm not sure we're going to say shear. I'm assuming not. Okay. So we really get to cover Parshisdavorum, Parshas Veskanon and Tishabov all in, in in one thought. Right? So that's what I want to do. So um um Yetiam is gonna mute you. And Ari, I'm gonna mute you. In this way we uh so um in in the story of the Moraglim, Mursha Bandless has a fascinating conversation um, of the language which indicates uh, that Moshe Beno tells s- the story that they, they go and they send the Miraglim, We get a whole other line of conversation here in the Devorim, which we didn't get in Parashashlach. Moshe Beno recounting this many years later. This is 30, 39 years later. They're about to go into Arzitzville. This is right before Moshe passing away. And he feels important to say this following. So he says that, I I sent the Miraglim, and they come back and they give this report. In the language of of the report, it doesn't say anything that the Moroccan said was negative. Right. You know what, give me one second and let me just let me just pull out a chumash. Give me one second. Sorry about that. So there's there's a, he he moves the burden off of the Meraglim onto Klau Okay, so he says that they come back and they say you came and asked. We should send send these people. We don't hear that that part of the story that they came and demanded the send, sending miraglim and Parsha Shlach. Okay, so he's already saying you. With the ones who, who, who pressure me to do this. You're the starting of the problem. So they go, and they go to Nachal they bring back these pre... They, it's a good land. That's the only thing we, we are quoted at this point in time that the Muraglim said. Now, that's quite a change from the story in Parsha Shlach, where they say, Hashem can't, do, can't handle it, and we look like Chagavim, and Ovir all, all just says, they came back, and they said, it was a good land. That's what the Meraglim said. Now, the Meraglim did say that phrase. They also said more, but we're not told that over here in the board. Then Moshe says to of when you decided not to go, go into Herod's and you rebelled against Hashem. Okay and you, you sat in your, in, your, in your tents and you complained and you said Hashem hated us that's why he took us out of itsray to bring us out to Israel to destroy us. We don't hear that, that line at all in partial Oh no not only where are we going then now, Klai Yisrael quotes the Miraglim. Moshebene doesn't quote the Miraglim. It says Klai Yisrael so says that the, the, our brothers, meaning the Miraglim, w- melted our hearts. We lost any strength because they told us, "Gadol Golobarama man, oh, there's these big, la- these big nations, etc." And so Moshebene doesn't quote the Miraglim. It says Miraglim said it's a good land. You chose to hear the other part. That's your your decision. But he adds in a whole line over here that Klaiso says, Bessinaz Hashem wassono, HaShem hated us when he took us out of Mitzrayim. Now, that's like, like really? Hashem really hated us to destroy us. You know, so, I mean, Hashem, Hashem is logical. If Hashem really hated us, I mean, he could leave us in Mitzrayim is one option. He could wipe us out of Mitzrayim. Like, you know, he's doing 10, 10 markers of Mitzrayim. Might as well do it on the also. Like, you know, he he hated us, and that's why he took us out of Mitzrayim to bring us to Eretz Canaan to destroy us. And th- that's, like, very bad use of resources. You know, he, he supported us with money for 40 years. It was a total waste of, of Lechem and, and, you know, Mayim and, and Slav, etc. You just you wipe us out, you know, already. You know, like, what, what's Kaiso's thought process? Mitzrayim so comes along and says that... He took us out in a, in a, with a bad intent, because Mitzrayim was much better land than Eretz, Eretz Israel Because the father has a choice to give his son a piece of land which relies on rain, or a piece of land which relies on irrigation, which on, on a water supply. A land which has a water supply is much better than a land which relies on rain. Water supply is always there. Rain, you know, who knows? So Mosheb really liked us. He would have given us a Mitzrayim. Right? Like, that would have been a great idea. Said he gave us this piece of real estate right, and, you know, in the, in the middle uh, over there in the middle with nothing in it, you know, right? That right, Hashem hates us. So, she says that he, Hashem loved you. What are you talking about? Hashem loved you. I will tell you, you hated him. There's a saying which people say that we project other people are thoughts so if I don't like somebody I project that thought he probably doesn't like me either that's how I assume he's he's thinking bad thoughts about me right right my wife told a story once in the, in the one time in the class her she the year after the seminar she was teaching in New York and she had a roommate that they were their friends they were rooming together and they're both teachers one day the her, the roommate comes back and says she had a wild story in class. I think it's either the roommate or my wife. I don't remember which one it was. That in the middle of the class one girl gets up and she walks up to another girl and and, and smacks her. I don't know where middle of class. Just walks up to the kid and goes whap. The teacher says, "Why'd you do that?" She says she was thinking bad thoughts about me. Like like what are you supposed to do with that? Like you know like okay right yeah right you know she's a mind reader you know, right. we know what Hashem's thinking. You know, obviously, you know. But the truth is that Hashem loved us. Now, Moshe feels it's important to tell us this part of the story. We didn't we didn't hear this story in Parshish law But Moshe feels when he's giving Musa to Klay Yisil, the Torah over there is telling the story, but here Moshe is giving Musa to Klay Yisil, and he feels it's very important to tell Klay Yisil that you are projecting your attitude about Hashem onto Hashem, right? but that's not true. And all of your thought processes and your decisions were all based on an assumption: what you think Hashem is thinking about you, and therefore you decided well, you don't want to go up, and, and right? etc. But the starting point was based on this: that you didn't understand that Hashem loves you. Now, we don't have a mitzvah in the Torah to believe that Hashem loves us. We have a mitzvah in the Torah that we should love Hashem. Right? But there's no mitzvah in the Torah. That, 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 yeah, there's a mitzvah to believe that Hashem loves you. But the Torah definitely multiple times says, Hashem eschem, that the loves you, and that's why the Rosham is, is being made to, to you, etc. This was a, a problem in Klai that Klaiso had not internalized the fact that Hashem loves them. So I was just thinking, um, so this is the source of why, of the Meraglim, which you know, Chazal tells, this is the source of Tishabov. Right? The, the, this story took place, they come, the Meraglim come back on the 8th of Av, and on that night, Kleiso sat and cried, Hashem, well, you, you cried, I'm going to give you what to cry about. And that's the source of the structure in the base of Yiddish. So, this is the, the cry that they were crying. They're sitting in their tent saying Hashem hates us. That is an interesting thought. You know, so I don't think we're walking around saying Hashem hates us. But are we walking, walk around saying Hashem loves us. When was the last time you thought about how much Hashem loves you? Well, Theoretically, we should, we should think about it twice a day, at least, because we say in Shacharis, Ava <laughs> Rabba Avton Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem loves us with a tremendous love. In my Mara, we say, Ava We say Hashem has the, it's eternal love for Christ. So, theoretically, we should be thinking about this at least twice a day that Hashem loves right? us. Um, theoretically, we should be thinking about it if we want to extend it a little bit further, every time we make a bracha, we're thanking Hashem, that Hashem has given us something something special that could be a source of the feeling of Hashem's presence and love in our life, if we would choose to do that. So one of the frustra- frustrating things which we have about our davening and our, our, our mitzvahs is that they could be vehicles to reshape how we think about our relationship with Hashem. And they're wasted opportunities. They're tremendously wasted opportunities. I think that we, we lose that. So I am going to take the bold move and suggest that Tishab came about from a lack of Kaiser recognized that Hashem loved them. That's I mean, I think that's what Rashi's saying. I think that's what the possek is saying. And this is and the result of that is they interpret what's going on in their life. Now, I've had this conversation in various different forms with many different people, right? Uh, Rabbi Dober Lofsky has his, his Rosh Hashanah Shmuz, Um and he describes how as a kid his picture of Hashem went something like this, you know, I'm in the Rhyme time. It says, you know, I've done a lot of bad things over the year. Shem's really angry at me. And he's really going to get me, unless I really do, you know, a lot of good you know, good deeds and tshuva. So he says, you know, so our dysfunctional father in heaven is about to beat me up and abuse me for all the things I did bad. And I better make sure that I, I save myself from this, this, this abuse that my dysfunctional father in heaven is about to beat on me. That's how he describes his thought process as a kid there's this god in heaven which was ready to go uh, at me and i was like wait, wait, waiting for it to happen you know and then during davening he says you have all this, you know it's like you know you know you start talking about you know you get, you get a choice of either me bechanicha me beskila me you know you get a choice of how you want to be how you want do you want to be hung do you want to be shot you know do you want to be drowned like what would you prefer like that's sort of like the message that you got you know and of course like you know and the cousin would sit there and you know saying you know in English version, we go like you know he's he's screaming die 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 you know like you know like okay this is that you know it says is that really Yom Tovim right now how many people when something goes bad in their life I get the conversation and I said you know Hashem's upset at me all right what, why is Hashem upset at me what did I what did I do wrong what should I that's that's our almost our default thought process if if we think about Hashem at all you know you know, the, the people go through the world and say, you know, it's Mikra, you know, whatever, it's Mikra, you know. That's one one group. next group says, you know, well, you know, obviously, Bali Musa tells you, you know, you know that uh, the Ramam says that any Pranis which comes, comes because, you know, we've done something wrong, so we have to figure out what we did wrong, and, you know, it's it's like this, and, and then you get, then you get, like, the, the people of the other other extreme, you know, like, you know, like, there's a little bit, like, uh, excuse me. I use the word "flaky." You know, like you know, God, God loves you. Like God loves you. You know. sort of like you know, a little bit out there, flying in the flying in the heavens. You know, you know, just love, 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 right? You know, um, 1960s hippies. You know, and we sort of like you know that, that, that sort of scares us, right? Right. I, I mentioned to you that I was once on you know on, on the so on, on the metro, and there was this black woman. She's signing Psalms out loud, you know, and every few verses she would punctuate her sentence by saying, "I love you," right? And she couldn't care less that everybody else in the, the, the train thought she's off her rocker, right? How many much? How many of us are comfortable doing that? We are really, you know, like thinking, you think know, we don't want everything. We're like, you know, like strange. But Baruch is right there. He's much more real than any human being which is there. And he's standing there, and he's taking care of us, and he loves us. And Avraham, which the Berkshire has a, tr- a tremendous love for every one of us. Do we feel that love? Is that something which is real to us, to the point that it, it, it plays a role in how happy we are, what we feel, we, what, what we feel about ourselves, what do we feel about our life, what our purpose in life is. And what about our relationship with the Kadosh Boruch What about if Hashem really loves me and He also loves you, right? So would I care about you more if I if I if I thought about that process? Would that be important? Would be more important to me than the, the, the next Jew over, if I really thought about how much Hashem loves him, right? You know, our our in the world of Kirov, you know, but the, you know, this was a lot of Eishat a lot of Eishat Nusuch was that, that idea that Hashem really loves you. That Hashem loves every Jew. And that the version created the world. Why Hashem create the world? So the Mishnah says, you know, you really would, would have preferred not to come here. And... The whole thing is a mess. We shouldn't be here. It would have been better we weren't here. You, you live, it's horrible. Like, you know... So Sharm says, you know, like, you know, that... Like anybody but in their right mind thinks that the purpose is this, this world. This world's a mess. It says everybody has sorrows in this world. So if we believe that step, that Hashem loves us, and we know that this world is a mess, so it must be there's more to the picture. But the only reason why that, that more to the picture, it becomes so significant is because I'm starting with the starting point that there has to be more. Because it can't be that the Bershom who loves us Put us into this into this world with all of its all of its difficulties and frustrations. So there has to be a bigger picture. So if we would have that foundation that the Bershah created us, like like Rambam said, the Bershah created He wanted to, He wanted to give to us. That's the only reason why we're here because Bershah wants to give to us, and He wants to give to us, and on, on the level of a Bereshit, the greatest the, the greatest amount of Torah which is possible. It's, you know, I, I mentioned before that, you know, there's that the Rosh created different p- people in our lives to give us a dogma to understand Him. Bubbies are for this purpose. Right? That's the purpose of a bobby. It's called Kulu Ava. My Eloh can do nothing wrong. He's God gifts to mankind. And if I didn't have the money, I would give him kol Tub Shabaihullah. The only thing that means me is I don't have the money. Okay, you know. But the Etz and the Bershom created a, 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 a muscle for us of what it means, the love of a, the love of a Kodesh Baruch it's, it's endless, it's boundless. It, it, it permeates every part of our being. The Ma'danidah Fanecha in the morning is, you wake up in the morning and realize the Bershom gave you life because he loves us. And then when you say that thank you, it's a thank you of, wow, the Bershom loves me. He cares about me. He's interested in me. He wants to talk. To me. He, he let me. He lets me talk to him. He talks. I talk to him almost like a friend. He's like he's real. That, that that access is extraordinary. Mr. Trump says before we start davening, we have to stop and think about the fact that we were given access directly to to the source of everything, to the source of life, to the source of of every bracha that there is. And then we have to move to the next step. The next step is. The Bershom sometimes hurts us, he pay. he gives us punishment, but the, Chazal, Kabbalah are full of the, the Bershom's pain, that the Bershom, when Klaishla has sorrow, the, the Bershom has pain also. When he has to punish a Russia, he says, I feel heavy. My, my head feels heavy, my my arms feel heavy, whatever that means, the muscle of the Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Bershom is in pain. Now, can you imagine the pain of the Kodesh Baruch Hu when the Bershomites was destroyed? So, if the Bershom has to punish one Jew, he's in agony. When he has to punish all the Jews, how much more agony is he in? And he has to take away the all uh, the the, all the asher, the Bershom created this place for his dwelling once because he wanted to be with us. And he has to take that away because the relationship is not going right. The only way to fix the relationship is by by a certain sense severing it and starting over again for our benefit. Can you imagine how much agony he's in at that moment? If you want to tap into what Tisha was about. Part of the pain of Tisha was about not our pain, but Kroschboruch's pain. Part of the pain of the, the, the kiddush. Some kiddush talk about the human element. A lot of the kiddush talk about the loss of the basic Hamikdash, etc. And a few of them talk about the the Baruch, the, the, the Malachim, crying, and crying. And we're not, we don't touch into that. We we don't. if, if we would come with this foundation that it's clear to us that the fact that we exist is an expression of Kiddush Baruch love for us. The fact that we have so much in our lives, which is good, it comes from Kiddush love for us. And we know, here, the Torah and, the, and Chazal, that the Russian loves us a tremendous love. And we say it in Davening every, every, at, least, at least twice a day, and the truth is you know, there's many other places in Davening where you could stop and think about that. Rukhatskal says at Marshall, That um, the manager says that there's 3,000 different types of species of grass, of well, in the world. So he says, w- What's that message? The needed to put grass in the world, he decided he had to have grass in the world. Did he have to make 3,000? He could make one. But it's, just, it's just such a more beautiful world, it's such a much nicer world that the decided to give us so many different options. There's so much more beauty in that. Because the Russia wanted to give us a beautiful place to live in. What does that say? Right? The, the, the Berkshire's world is gorgeous. The purpose of a Berkshire is, is to force you to stop and think, wow, this is a great place to be. The, whether it's the food, whether it's the smell, whether it's the Berkshire on, on, on the mountains or on the rivers. Right? It, it's, the Russia made it an extraordinary place to be. And that's a, a lot of doubt talks about the, the beauty of the world, the beauty of the relationship with the Kodesh Boruchu, and then when you get to you get to your Bakashas in right what is happening over there? It's we are are confident that we have a right to approach our Creator and say, "Please give me something," because the brush loves us. It's like the kid, it's like the child going to the bubby, say, "Bubby, would you mind giving me this?" Like now, he might not want to go over to Zadie sometimes because you know Zadie might say no. He feels comfortable going to Bubby because he knows Bubby's going to say yes. If we're coming to Boruch and asking is because we believe it, there's a very good chance we might get an answer, yes. That, that's an expression of love. And from that vantage point of that that amount of infinite love, Ru R- R- says that, in a different liquidity he says that the Results says that Bethsem R- R- Kippur is the day of the expression of love of Boruch. Because Yom Kippur is the day where the Rosh Hashim expresses this idea that I love you so much that I will I will cor- I will correct any flaws that you have. I will give you a way to correct yourself. I will give you a way to cleanse yourself out of everything which is negative in you. All right. He says, but how big, big, big is it? So we say in Daman Yom Kippur, rachamin. Right, <laughs> he says, picture that, 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 Play the, the, the description of words. That picture of words. The verse is "Mole rachamim. How big is the ds Bigger than the universe. So there is a there is a universe full of Rachamin. That's what "Mole means. The verse is is full of Rachamin. But, but so, if you picture that for a second, what that is? It's an overwhelming expression of love. And the Bereshit on the Tishabab, with all that love, said, "I, I, I have to take it away." And that's the pain of because miracle because he didn't want that. He sent, he sent Naviim, and he sent the Chachamim, and he, he he tried and he tried and he tried and he tried again. This shouldn't happen. And the, we come along and say, "B'sinah Hashem ois son rohitziyaram there's never been any greater nace than than Mitzrayim. It's the most extraordinary. Our, our, all of our talmuds, the foundation is Yisias Mitzrayim. We go to Matan Torah. We live in a midrash for forty years with Ananiya covered and with Mon and with with Mayib. And it, and Moshe feels it's important to tell Klal Yisrael now if th- this is behind them. It's not part of who they are anymore. It's a waste of time to discuss it. Mash is not saying history. Mash giving a Muslim because it's relevant. And says, you know what? With all of that, you could still say hates you. I, I know because my car didn't start this morning, and I need to get to that meeting. And when I finally got it to start, you know, it, it had a flat tire along the way. That Shem's upset at me. Right? Shem doesn't like He's angry at me. Now I'm not saying there aren't moments where worship is angry, but, but our go-to sometimes is, is like off. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's a different, a little bit different window of how to look into at the, at the tissue B'av. Now we have a mitzvah. We have a mitzvah of hamteshchem We have to love Him. So, which is the opposite? We have to we have to feel Hashem's love to the point that we love Him back, because love tends to be reciprocal. When I feel that somebody really cares about me and loves me, I tend to love them back. When I, the that we sort of reflect back to each other. So there's a myth on my part to love a Baruch Hu. It's one of the sheish mitzvot to use which means, really, theoretically, a person should be thinking about that thought constantly throughout the day. That I love Hashem. Hence, my lady in the in the subway, right, or the metro. Now, whether you should say it out loud, you know, we'll discuss it. it's a different question. But the Chavos says, you know, that people can go through a whole day and not think about it once. You know, many mitzvahs are tied to a specific actions, so that we at least, you know, we have they make us focus. This is a mitzvah which you are supposed to be doing the whole day, and instead we end up doing it not at all. So he says, but uh, he, it's says the The law is that you know you're not allowed to eat before you take you, you, take, you shake the lulav in the morning. You're not allowed to eat before that you, you blow the shofar. Like, there are limitations of what you're allowed to do before your makai mitzvahs. He says that the, the fact that mitzvahs counts doesn't make it worse; it makes it more more important. So at least once a day before. I eat. I have to make kind of mitzvah of loving Hashem. So he says, so what's that? How do I do that mitzvah? As I stop and I'm inspired in how much the brush was made to me. Till the point that my heart fills with the feeling of a curse of time to Hashem and I feel love to Hashem for what He's done for me. He says, a person should do that before he eats breakfast. This is what the, the, the Chavez Chaim writes in Seyed Rosh Hashem, ten the of He has, like as a He has four prokim. One of the prokim over there says, Haora, he has a small Haora. I want to point out, I, I think that this is what a person should do every single day before he eats breakfast, at least. Preferably, he says, when you say Shema, the same way we're makwa, that we should be wearing tefillin when we say Shema because you shouldn't be made into the about So you're saying, put on tefillin, you're not, we're putting on tefillin. And you're saying, I love Hashem. You're not loving Hashem. So we should be loving Hashem. So when we say which means that the version we love a so much that we are willing to give our life for the, our love of Qurash we should sit, stop and think about it. Now you can't do that because the clock says that Shema is supposed to take two minutes and 13 seconds on the clock in order that Davenim will finish at the right time. Right? So who has time to think about Shamala You know, please get our priority string. You know, Rabbi Emanuel Feldman has a, um, has a collection of essays. and The name of the book is The Shul Without a, a Without a Clock. And his first essay says, If I would be up to me, I would have no clocks and shules. Right? Because how could you put dominating on a clock? Dominating is an expression of the human being's emotions. I go to my wife and say, Listen, you know, I got three seconds. I love you. Okay, good. I got to go. All uh, right. You know, kick it in more, three the more, three seconds. So I love you. You can tell the kid, you know, I, lo- I love. I don't have time to finish you right now. I have to go to sh- go to work. Like really, emotions are are, are, are not time bound, and so and and, and, we, and we're not the same every day. So one day I'm in the mood of it's, it's contemplative mood. I want to just think about it a little bit. One day I'm in the mood of just singing the go to the border. Every we're not on a clock. How can emotions be on a clock? Like. You know, tell my wife, every morning at get 903, I, I think about you and I love you. At 907, I say, you know what, it's time to go, you know, it's time to, you know, have Yira, can I from my wife, you know. you know, okay, good. Uh, I mean, you know, the guy's, he's, an, uh, he's, he's a robot. He's an automaton, he's not a human being. So how in the world do we dive on a clock? He says, okay, am I supposed we've got to be, we gotta go to work. So what are we supposed to do? Now, now this whole situation is, you know, everything is crazy, but in general, I start bringing kriya shab early, because I, I I can't. I want to have time to think a little bit, and you know the shemun Hashem is nice. It takes about seven eight minutes to get from baruch to shemun which is not bad. But I need more time than that. So are you allowed to say beforehand? It's got it's got to not it. it's a answer poshut. It's mechloikus, but you know, I'll make a lot of it. I have a rabbi who did that. He used to, uh, he was did it because like, because he's very machped on saying shema correctly. So I'm not so much going to say Shema correctly. I'm just trying to my mind, trying to trying to at least think about it. You know, somebody said, "Yeah, because we're, we're and actually also we're very we, we say it very slowly because we're marked on and on, on the midst of Shema." I said, "We're not communicating." <laughs> like you know, I'm not talking about the Frum kind of saying Shema 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 because you have to say the letters right. You know, that's not my problem. You know, that's a good idea. It's beautiful. It takes the etc. I'm talking about when you saying Shema, you say Are you feeling it? That Hashem you feel that there's nothing else in the world because there's more You feel that, or you are enveloped in the Russian's presence to the point you say, the Do you feel that? Do you feel the awe of that moment? Are you ready to give up your life for that? Like, well, how? Are you? Now, I, I think I mentioned to you once that I, I had the the, the uh, occasion. There was a year and months. I don't, really, I, I don't think he's alive anymore. This goes back. I was a bacher, so that goes back uh, probably 1970s, sometime in the 70s. So he was a vision visionary chassid. His shachrit, on the average, took him two or three hours every morning, and he would say shema. When he would say Hashem Echad, you would hear him. You would hear him falling into the into, into the fire. Hashem Echad! and he would he would scream, and he would jump, and he would stamp his feet. They didn't let him in the vision's minion because he was too disturbing to people. So he used to daven in a little shtibol. There was a Berditchever shtibol on the, the, uh, he used to daven there. And the the host, I stayed, lived right across the street from the shtibol. So Motsi Shabbos, we used to daven there. And we would get, be exposed to, he was known as Mordechai, his name was Mordechai, he was called Mordechai Tzadik. He would would daven in that, because they they didn't want him in the main minion. And you would hear him stomping and jumping up and down and saying, "He, he said, Shema, you heard him, being makabel you heard him giving up, being willing to give up his life for Hashem's name, if necessary. You heard him do that. He had physical ailments from the, the intensity of his davening, created stomach problems, etc. He had how intense his davening was. But you know, so I'm not there, and you know, you know we're not, I'm not saying we're supposed to do that. But at least once in my life, I, I heard what a davening could look like. What, how much a human, you mean, could connect? to the words that they're so real, that he he would he would sit there by Shema, not, you know, the frum kind of, you know, I have to say the word right, but he would sit there and, 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 and dwell on it because he was absorbing Shema. It, it, was, it, was, it was like, you know, one of the you, you, you want to sort of like absorb in your bones and take with you for the rest of your life. And if we don't do that, so then there's going to be a point in our life where we, our view of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rosh Hashanah is this extraordinary day. It's a Yamaha Din, and there's, there's a fear of the Din. At the same time, the davening is, 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 is the strangest davening. We sing songs about Hashem's Malu normally most years. Okay, like this year, yell whatever the whatever the ranges are going to be for the davening. How much are they going to sing this year or not? You're singing songs about Hashem being the King. You know, like you know. So what's the pshat? It's a din. You're not supposed you not supposed to daven for your needs. Hashem. Avinu Malkeinu is sort of like this, like the, we're getting a nod. Okay, you know I know you guys can handle this. You got to say something. okay, Ask Avinu volcano not this year. It's the first day of the job, The person said, "Listen, if you you come to the you come to the king, and you have a tremendous need, I had a conversation today. I called I called somebody for, for to for that I had the person had a patira. I was not able to get through to him during the shiva, and I today I finally had a chance of was able to call him. And uh, we had a nice, nice conversation. He spoke about the nifter, etc. He says, you know, Rabbi, I'm sending you a check for the cargo I says, I didn't call about a check. He says, you're right. If you would have called about a check, I probably would not have, getting, not have given you a check. Because I don't like being told what to do. But you call because you care about me. I want to give you a check. That's what he said to me. He says, and maybe it's the wrong way of doing stock. But that, I, I I can't get out of my bones. This is the way I am. So I'm sending in a check. Okay, fine. Okay, I'm not I'm not complaining. You <laughs> know, the carlo can use the money. I, you know, but like, right. you come to the king, and you have a need. And you walk into the king. And you see the beauty, the power, the majesty of the king. You say, "Your Majesty, I just have to say that I, I feel so. I, I feel so privileged to be be one of your servants, to be part of your kingdom, and the, the benevolence that you show and the care that you show. And I just feel so much of that's type. Do I have to ask for my needs at that point in time? Or the king's going to give it to me automatically. But if I what can I say, you know, my dear king, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm, supposed say, I'm supposed to say you're nice. Uh, you're nice. Um, can I have this, this, and this, and this, and this? Um, king says, hmm, I'll think about it. Maybe. right? I, we, we, Rosh Hashanah is about the day to stop and to think that the Rosh cares about us enough that what we do makes a difference. That's all it's about. And that's an expression of love. The basemicthas was the version of the expression of Chazal re- re- referred to the basemictus as a chedra it, it was a bedroom. It was a place of Klyasul Khan's work. We're supposed to be together at like a like, like like husband and wife. a wife. It was a place of call of, of, of alpha The pseudom described the Beis as as, as yero which means that the awe of the presence was overwhelming. But the Final message, the 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 the, the karishkadashim is referred to as Kharahamitas. It was the it was the room where the husband and the wife are together privately. That's what Mikdash is supposed to be. The Roshim doesn't need our Kurbanas. When said started focusing on the Kurbanas, the Rush says, So lonely so, I don't need your Kurbanas. The Kirvanas were, the Russian was nice enough to give us a way to show our care and love for him. That's the purpose of Kirvanas. So, the if you don't love me, I don't need your Kirvanas. If you don't feel my love for you, and that's, and you want to give the Kirvanas, because, well, it says in the law, you're supposed to give, like, 14 animals right now, you know, five, three of them, this size, two of them, that size, you know, this age, you know, like, if, if that's how we're approaching it, well, that's how we approach all of our mitzvahs. We don't have Kirvanas anymore, but we have mitzvahs. So what does it mean to put on tefillin in the morning? What does it mean to wrap yourself up with, well, Rosh Hashem has a pair of tefillin and he, 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 that he puts on and it says how much he loves Klai sir The more Broch that's in the first pair. And we wrap our tefillin and say how much we love the Kodosh We bind ourselves with that every morning. Or do we just put on tefillin? We are careful not to speak Lashon and Hara. Why not? Hara is uh brushman's children. Hara is, is means we're in a kvetchy mood. Why are you in a kvetchy mood? So you know it's not going well. So you kvetchy. So you kvetchy about this, you know. I don't know, you ever you get the you ever, ever had that day like you're really in a bad mood, like you know, you get you like sort of like get in the car and you drive down the road and everybody gets on your nerves. Like everybody's a bad person. That guy cutting me off, like it's an expression of what? the next day you're in a good mood, you know, whatever you're, and you're driving, you know, like, wow, it's such a, it's such a mechaia to drive down this road. Everybody's so nice. A lot of the problem, you walk into shul, you know, like, you know, and is out to get you, you know, some days, and some days are not. Like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty strange. Maybe the problem is not them. The problem is inside. We're in a good day. We really feel good about ourselves, our lives, our relationship with the Kodosh Like, we're expansive. Everything is wonderful. So the, the, then the guy next to me is wonderful. And I, you know, I, I instead of saying, you know, the, the guy's like, you know, get so nervous because he, you know, he dominates too loud. I say, what's so nice? He's dominating so loudly to Hashem. And tomorrow I was like, "Oh my gosh, the guy is so loud in my ear. Can you think about anybody else but yourself? Like, what are you, you know, the Bogaiva and mean guy? Like, you know, like, you know, like, what's wrong with you?" I mean, yesterday I thought he's such a nice guy. Today I think he's like he's he's a nutnik. Right? There's so much. The, so many play the mitzvah. The, the problem is, everybody, everybody is just not, you know, just not right. Rabbi Shlebitz once gave a shmooze and he walked into the shmooz. Now there were certain people, Rabbi Shlebitz was a very powerful personality and he had a lot of confidence in himself. And there was some people in the film community who thought he was too overconfident and too much, they felt he was a bad guy. So once he gave a shmooze and he gets up in the shmooze, he says, Ich bin the God of I am the God of Uh, and he went look, like, I know the best. There's nobody knows as good as me. And the second he's finally admitting, like you know, he's 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 you know he's over uh, overrates himself. And he stops and he says, and that's what everybody in this room thinks. I got it the best. Everybody, the guys who are like from than me, they're like too from The guys are not from they're not firm enough. You know, the the guys, you know, the the, the political issues, I have it right. You know, the, just the balance. You know, we we have it all worked out. But Why am I busy thinking about whether I'm right or wrong versus somebody else? I I have so much in my life, which is so good. I feel so good about myself. I don't have to measure myself against you. That you're better, you're worse, this and that, right? It's irrelevant. I I feel a a fullness in my life of the Russian's presence. And if we don't get that, we're not getting, that's not Yiddishkeit. That's not Tarot. And the result is which is like it's the most when you read the words, like this is the door They weren't stupid people. They were the generation which was the Nisim of for them, and they can take they can take the Nisim of and turn them around into an expression of hate for them. They know it's Kodesh They're not denying. They're, they're not denying, Hashem's presence. But they can. So, if we think that we're better that we don't tend to do this, like you know, we got something coming, and the result of that is that we don't have a relationship with the Kodesh Baruch We have we have a skewed relationship with the Baruch Hu. So it's okay. So eventually, it's not cheder kind of, this, We're not we're not really we're not really clicking. I can't be with you anymore. Is it painful for me to send you away? Yes. You know how painful it is. It's agony. It's agony multiplied by millions and millions of times, because it wasn't just that generation. It was all the generations that are the subsequent generations. So, if we argue that, you know, I don't know they said there was there was approximately the, there was somewhere in the area of 14 million Jews, according to the, his, the, the historians, who, was, who were sent away. That's 2,000 years ago. So, how many Jews really sent away? I don't know we'll, we'll argue that the 2,000 years is we'll, we'll call a generation usually call a generation 25 years right so that's four per, per hundred 20 times right right so that's 80 generations 14 well, we'll use the number 14, right right We're talking to we're, 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 ta- we're talking to a billion people versiontual sent away a billion people that he loves, that he would love to have them with him, because the only way we're going to sort of like get it is by going through all the difficulties and and seeking Kadesh in that process. And we're going to come back to seek him and get that light bulb. In the, all of the Tzorists, the Bershom still cares about us, and the Bershom still loves us. I, I just saw an article now that the, the, the there was a Yid, Reza Friedensson, I don't if have heard the name. Reza Friedensson, he was very involved in the Gouda system. Reza Friedensson um, published the, the Siedlashvord. He published a magazine called the Siedlashvord, but he didn't really other. He was a big asking for the good. His father was in, in, a big Aguda person in in, in Varsha before the war. His father published, there was, a, there was a magazine called Besiakov. He was, his father was like the main he was a speaker, and he was—he uh, helped run. There was three hundred but He helped run it. Very. very Friedman went through the went through the went through the war. His father was killed. He went through the war, and he says a story. that one point in time, they were they were dancing on Simchas Torah, and the they had a. The, the the factory which they were working in for the war effort for the Germans was run by a a German who was decent with his with his with his workers. Bruno Pape. And Pape said to them, "Like, what are you doing?" He says they were dancing and they were singing, and he translated. He has a written and translated for this German, the Ein Adir Kachem, right? Ein Baruch You know, he translated. The song that they were singing. He says, "You do believe? You believe that Hashem, the God, still loves you after everything's done to you?" He says, "Yes, we do." So the there was people who who were able to go to the other end in the in the, in the most depraved state of reality. They could feel a Kodesh love. That's going to be the ones which are going to bring us back. That the most difficult situation, we can still feel the like Kaddish Burkut cares about us, loves us, and whatever he's doing, it's for the best for us. And it's, but it, it's not. It's only an expression of love. That's one. That's what's going to bring us back to the Cheder that we keep like a husband and wife again. So, I just, you know, this my suggestion. If we could tap into that love, we can tap into that feeling of the Berushim's pain. I, I, it, that if we would. The should be aware. The says that during davening, you're really supposed to focus. When we don't have these things, we're davening for them. the The focus has to be the how much pain the Roshim has that we that we don't have these things. But when you do that, that's the person standing in front of the king and saying, you know, I'm emoting. I'm, I see, I see how much you care. I see how much you want this. I see how much you want to give it, and you can't because we're not. And I, I'm apologizing for all of the the mess that I made out of the relationship. I wish I, I I feel your pain. So That itself would be, would be the source why we would get it back. Right? But the Bershah was saying, I, I want to give you Das. I want to give you Refua. I want to give you Parnasa. I want to give you Geula. When we, we say that in the Mishra, we know the Bershah was the Bershah, we know that he is. I know the a is I know, that he, is. I know that he wants to give. I'm I'm ready I'm ready to give it today but we need to sort of hear the versionsham's call the Bersham's that sound that he's that's reverberating that to challenge us to stop being so negative about our relationship and feeling Bursham's presence the care the concern the love that he has and maybe that'll be the excuse to bring us back okay.